Welcome to our Tuesday weekly activity, and that's, of course, Acre Pro Buy Sell Thanksgiving week. A lot going on in the world of uh, Purdue football, and I'm with the expert Tom Deanhart, our, our expert at goldenblack.com, and we'll be uh, talking about some of the topics of the week here. We want to thank our sponsor, Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group, your local farmland specialist with decades of experience in Indiana agriculture. No one knows the market better, whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland. Your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. They visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185. I think by this time I've got that number almost memorized. We appreciate uh, the fact if you want to talk to your local land expert, you can do that. That number 765-587-3185. All right. By definition, Tom, Bucket Week is always a busy one, uh, an interesting one for Purdue fans. Thanksgiving makes it uh, even more so just because everything is kind of condensed from a work standpoint, from a team standpoint. But uh, we'll look at uh, that game. And I guess my first first question is, uh, uh, and this is a hard thing to answer just because we don't really know with Devin Mockaby, but will Purdue – uh, let uh, throw a little little bit of a curve. Get over 120 yards rushing against Indiana, and that may be with Dylan Downing. That may be uh, with Devin Mockaby. We don't know. But uh, how do you how do you see that? You've had a chance a little bit to look at the Hoosiers and what you see there. Yeah, first I think Devin Mockaby is going to play. That that's that's not a done deal, but I do think he's going to play. All signs at least seem to point toward that. Which would be nice for him. I think he's going to have a lot of family members there. Yeah, and I, I do think he's going to have a a big game. I think he'll be motivated. Um, he's a Southern Indiana guy, and IU didn't really give him that much attention coming out of Boonville High School. So, yeah, I think Devin's going to be very motivated and uh, and is going to have a big game against the Hoosiers on, on Saturday down there. So, you know, you look at that situation and they and uh, uh, you, you hope from a Purdue standpoint that uh, that he can run because uh, uh, they certainly certainly they had um, serviceable in the run game, but he certainly brings another dimension to to what Purdue can do against Indiana. One would think that that's going to make a big could make a big difference in Saturday's game. Yeah, he just anybody who's watched him play obviously knows he's a. Uh... He's got a little something to him, um, <clears throat> just that ability to stop, to start, to, uh, you know, to cut. I think he's he's very good at cutting, planting his foot, changing directions, and not really losing much speed at all. And just that ability, I think, to find that hole, to find that crease in the line, you know. Uh, he's slippery. That's what Chris Barclay often says about Devin Mockby. He's slippery. He calls him soap sometimes, uh, just hard to get a hold of for a guy who's almost six feet tall, weighs about 190 pounds. He certainly doesn't play that big. Um, just, again, a guy who's got a little something special to him. And, and you know, Dylan Downing and and Kobe Lewis are our nice backs, and they filled in admirably last week. But I think we all can agree Maccabee's got a little something extra that, that makes him the number one back on this team. Yeah, no question. All right, Indiana brings a uh, obviously fresh off of a big win at East Lansing when they were out, gained about two to one, but made some big plays in special teams. They made some plays defensively. Dexter Williams, the second uh, uh, 
threw a whopping seven passes, but uh, certainly presents an interesting uh, guy to deal with. He's only thrown in a hundred thrown for 179 yards this year, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but uh, he ran for 107 yards at Ohio, against Ohio state. Um, and then, uh, excuse me, he, I'm sorry, he passed for 107 yards, only six of 19, but then against Michigan state only had to throw it seven times. All right. We'll put the over under at 15. We'll, we'll Purdue, uh, see less than 15 passes from Indiana. Do you think, uh, come Saturday late afternoon? Yeah, I think they'll see less than 15 passes. I don't think, I don't think Indiana is going to ask Williams to do something he's not comfortable doing. I think they know what his strengths are. Anybody who's seen him play knows what his strengths are. I think you have to play to those strengths. Uh, again, they were able to beat Michigan State last week on the road yeah. without having to throw the football hardly at all. So he, he's a terrific athlete, man. I watched the end of that game Saturday night on DVR, and um, he's fast. He's big, and he's confident now, too, coming off that win in East Lansing. Uh, some big plays, and you know, he can pass well enough, I think, to you better keep your head on the swivel because you yeah. know IU's going to set up some play-action passes. Purdue's going to be playing the run. IU knows that. And, boy, that that could really result maybe in some big pass plays for IU. Yeah, uh, actually, oh, take, go ahead. I'm sorry, Tom. Yeah, yeah, when they take their shots downfield. So uh, he presents a lot of issues, I think. Yeah, interestingly, ran for 86 yards against Michigan State in 16 carries and a touchdown, ran for 46 yards against Ohio State uh, in 16 attempts also. And you're right, 209 pounds. He's he's fleet, but he is big enough to really cause some challenges, I think, in the in that uh, run game just by his size alone. I mean, he's fast enough and big enough to really, really be an interesting uh, guy to deal with. Yeah, I remember going to Iowa in 1992. Watching Purdue play up there with Eric Hunter, and Eric Hunter, I think, completed two passes, and Purdue won the game. How many times do we see Navy and Army complete one or two passes and win games? So um, you certainly don't have to pass the football to win. We all understand that, and I think this incarnation of Indiana's offense is proof of that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a unique challenge for, uh, for Ron English and that Purdue defense on Saturday down there. Yes, and of course, uh, Indiana also, you know, had a hundred-yard rusher last week uh, as well. In Sean Shiver, is it Shivers, uh, number two, and uh, running back, uh, only five foot seven, but a guy that uh, also caused some problems. Got had a big tore off a big run last week again. Indiana's had to deal with some injuries and, and some disappointment at quarterback but and, and in that offense. But, uh, again, it gets your attention when you win a game, when you get out game like that uh, at uh, Michigan State. Yeah, Sean Shivers, a transfer from Auburn. Again, yeah. not a real big back, but awfully quick. And, uh, yeah, I think IU was down 24-7 to at halftime. They looked like they were dead in the water. Seemingly didn't have anything to play for, right? They lost seven games in a row. They were getting beat handily at halftime on the road. Why? Why keep fighting, right? Right. Why you kept fighting, and they won that thing in double overtime. So yeah, the uh, you know the, the season started with Connor Basilak at quarterback, the Missouri transfer, and didn't work out for Connor, and um, they decided to go a different direction. I mean, I guess you got to give Tom Allen credit for for try, wanting to try something different. See if he could spark his team, and looks like he found something maybe 
for the time being with Dexter Williams, now they're four and seven. They're not going to go to a bowl game this year, but who knows what the future holds for this kid. They're at least getting a look at him to see what he can do in Big Ten competition. The real issue for IU is on defense. Yeah. Some people think they've actually played better on that side of the ball, but statistically they've had their – it doesn't look pretty. Uh, I know the line has really struggled, but they like some of the guys in the back end, especially in the secondary with, with, with Taiwan Mullen in particular. So they may have some cornerbacks that can match up with, with, with Charlie Jones. Well, you know, how, how many often do you lose a game where your quarterback, where the opposing quarterback – Quarterback throws for 300, almost 300 yards, as Peyton Thorne did. And Michigan State had two guys rush for 100 yards last week. Uh, and yet Indiana comes off with a win. And uh, that is impressive in its own right. You know, Jeff Brom talked about Monday, how about Michigan State, or excuse me, Indiana having 10, 10 uh, seniors on the defense that they know the system, but it certainly has been a struggle at times for the Hoosiers to, to be able to corral people uh, defensively. Yeah, they got a big defensive end from Carmel named Bo Robbins. I know Purdue won it a few years ago. They got a transfer from Cal who plays on the edge, too, that they like. So you're right, it really just has, has, hasn't come together. You know, Tom Allen's now calling the defense again. You know, he got to IU under Kevin Wilson, was a defensive coordinator, and, of course, got the job. And along the way, he gave up defensive play calling, but he took those reins back this year. So he's the guy calling the defense. So, yeah, then again, they've struggled over there. But, you know, in the back end, like I said, they've got some players. And this Purdue offense, as we know, uh, is going to challenge Indiana. And sounds like the weather has a chance to be at least pretty good for late November, which would bode well for this Purdue offense. But so far in November, boy, the first three games of this month have been played in pretty bad conditions. Yeah, it's going to be warmer. Now they're sneaking a little rain into the forecast, at least the one I saw on Tuesday morning. Whether that's a reality uh, will be interesting to see, but it looks sounds like it's at least going to be in the 50s. So we will not uh, – we may need our galoshes, but we're not going to need our our uh, heavy, heavy coats, one would think, uh, in that little press box in Memorial Stadium. That's all I, all I know, remember about uh, being there from that uh, standpoint. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit to future stuff for Purdue football. Um, you mentioned that uh, uh, or we've talked in weeks about bowl opportunities. It still is anybody's guess, and we won't know until until December the 5th. I, I guess I'm going to start with the, the, the first one. Are you buying or selling Nebraska or Iowa? Any chance for, a, for an upset on Friday afternoon so that we'd walk into Saturday's game knowing full well, we're, we're going to know one way or the other where Purdue sits in the marketplace, so to speak. But uh, are you buying or selling Nebraska in this thing uh, Friday afternoon in Iowa City? I'm buying them. I think they have a shot. I think they have a shot as long as with Casey Thompson playing quarterback. You know, uh, just like I used to suppose he had no shot last week at East Lansing. A lot of people don't think Nebraska has any shot in Iowa City on Black Friday. But – Nebraska gave, you know, Wisconsin all it wanted. Probably should have won that game. Just actually blew it in the fourth quarter. Lost 15 to 14. I think they can stand toe-to-toe with Iowa as long as they don't turn the ball over. That's what killed Minnesota against the Hawkeyes. Just don't turn the ball over. I think, again, this Nebraska offense has got enough teeth to it. We all saw Trey Palmer, what he can do at wide receiver for the Huskers. I think Casey Thompson, again, is a pretty good quarterback. Have a good running back as well. So I think they can punch some holes and Iowa's defense and make this pretty interesting, make it a fourth quarter game. And 
And who knows at that point, we all know the Iowa offense has its, its limitations. Sounds like they're, uh, they're tied in. Sam Laporte is not going to play either, which is a big, would be a big loss. So I'm buying Alan. I think there's a, a decent chance of better than average chance that I think 10 point underdog Nebraska can shock the big 10 West and, and maybe knock off Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes here on Friday. Yeah, I thought that line was was smaller than that. It's up to ten, huh? So that's yeah, I, yeah, I saw. Yeah, Iowa in a situation has won what seven in a row in the series, but a lot of those games have been close. You look at the last three games: twenty-seven, twenty-four, Iowa; twenty-eight, twenty-six, twenty, Iowa; twenty-eight, twenty-one, Iowa. Iowa was ranked in each of those three matchups. Uh, and of course, Nebraska has not won, but they won last time they won was in Iowa City back in 2014 when the Cornhuskers beat uh, Iowa 37 34. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm buying that it's going to be a, an interesting game and one that will go to the, go to the end. You know, you look at what Iowa did against Minnesota and there was nothing different, nothing different than we've seen before. I mean, they, they putz around and, and then they make two big plays defensively, a fumble recovery and an interception that probably should have been a pick six and uh, they win. And uh, that's, that's what it sees, but maybe, maybe history will be as crazy as football is. And as crazy as you expect the unexpected uh maybe nebraska finds itself in good stead uh in what would be a surprise but not an i think i agree with you would not be an absolute shock if nebraska wins but it would put purdue in the catbird seat uh at least for having to to win uh in bloomington to get to indianapolis and to that big 10 championship game all right uh, line on purdue and indiana is what it was a 10 uh you're a you're a vegas guy <laughs> not, i'm not a vegas guy <laughs> i know but i mean buying or selling that line is realistic who you who if you were taking the points who do you look at this one at um yeah i'm looking at the line on espn right now and um it's got purdue at minus 10 and a half so yeah. um i guess I guess it just scares me, these rivalry games. I guess I still would maybe take the points in the Hoosiers. I think maybe it's going to be closer than people think. I know they won 44-7 to last year. Pretty one-sided affair. But um, I think I is going to be fired up. Again, they're, they're the team with no pressure, playing at home for whatever that's worth, playing loose, playing free. And uh, I think I think this thing may be closer than maybe what, what Las Vegas odds makers think. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. If I knew Maccabee was 100%, I, I would feel a little different as I think Purdue would be able just to to gouge them as needed. I think without that, it's going to be them. But I'll take the contrary. I'll still say Purdue's going to win by over 10. Uh, or, or, or I'll take Purdue in the points in this one. But I do think, uh, who the heck knows? Uh, in a late afternoon, uh, I don't know that they're going to have a huge crowd for this game. I mean, I think the crowd's going to be decent for Purdue folks. But uh, those post-Thanksgiving games in Bloomington have had some sparse attendance over the years. It'll be interesting to see what the Purdue contingent will be and what effect will be. All right, now, Purdue's only one. Take away the Indiana State game. Purdue's only won one game by 10 points this year. That was Minnesota 20 to 10. Um, they beat Florida Atlantic by two. They beat Maryland by by three. Uh, they beat uh, Nebraska by six. 
And they beat Illinois by seven. Of course, last week they won by eight. So just as a little point of reference, Purdue just has not been able to really put their their foot on the throat of anybody this year. Maybe it happened Saturday. Who knows? But again, um, this team, like I said, has had issues. I guess living up to odds makers' expectations, at least when they're when they're a double digit favorite. Yeah. Shame on you for bringing logic and and thought into this discussion. Does, does, you know, his, his, history doesn't matter, but it's always, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. I think it play as they always say. Coaches always say players matter, and yeah, that's uh, and players make plays, and uh, it has nothing to do with anything about what Purdue has done uh, down there over the years or hasn't done over the years. So it's generally been a relatively friendly place for Purdue Memorial Stadium, uh, but uh, well, you know, they, 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 they haven't been down there since 2018, right? Since you know, Ronnie Moore had that scrub because of COVID, yep, and why? And uh, so that's uh, that's an interesting uh, lot as well. And it wasn't all that friendly, of course, for Purdue uh, during the Daryl Hazel days as the Boilermakers never really even came close. Down there. Four. Yeah. So that part uh, is another thing that, uh, uh, again, we love to talk about, but it means nothing. All right. The other uh, the I don't know if you call it the elephant in the room, but certainly getting a lot of discussion. Another thing that we don't really know. We're just guessing like everybody else. There's been some noise about Jeff Brom and his future. Louisville and Purdue both have the same records, seven and four. I think the Wildcats, or excuse me, the Cardinals play Kentucky mm-hmm. in its season. Uh, Purdue obviously plays Indiana. There has to be a job opening at Louisville, one would think, before Jeff Brom would go there. I, I'm not going to – I don't think we can say, oh, we predict there's going to be noise. But let's just say, will will there be – do you – and I don't know how you define this, but we'll throw that out there anyway. Will there be uh, on Sunday anything to pay attention to in terms of uh, in terms of the coaching carousel and potential Jeff Brom moves or, or, or none of the above? I, I have no reason to think anything's afoot. But that, that – I mean, that, that doesn't mean nothing is not afoot. <laughs> um, you know, looking at it logically, it doesn't appear Louisville would be in any haste to make a change off of Scott Satterfield at this point. Like you said, I think they're what seven and four, and uh, I can't imagine the outcome of one game is going to make or break his tenure there. Just even though it is a rivalry game. Uh, so again, they got Kentucky left, and he's done a he's done a pretty solid job. They've uh, have a pretty good recruiting class already lined up, at least yes. some good recruits lined up as well for whatever that's worth. But, you know, we crazy things happen in this world. And and uh, when, when people with a lot of money want something, they usually get it. They usually find a way to get what they want. And if, if the people sitting on big piles of money want Jeff Brom to be the coach at Louisville, I imagine they can make it happen if they want to. Logic be damned. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that's always a factor. We see it all the time in college sports. The coaching change that makes absolutely no sense. Why are they getting rid of this guy? What did he do wrong? Well, that's not always the reason why somebody is displaced. It's because they want somebody, somebody else. So there's always that possibility. But I've got no reason, not that I know all these Louisville insiders or anything, but uh, from, from this view, I guess at this point, Alan, maybe two or three months ago, I may be leaning toward thinking maybe uh, this would be the time Brom did jump. But as we've gotten deeper into the season at this point, I guess I'm on the other side of that meter at this point. I'll be more surprised if something happens when Jeff Brom's not the coach next year. Yeah, surprised, but I, as I think we're all 
been around long enough to say surprised but not shocked yeah. and i keep going back to the paul christ example i know that again just like just like history at memorial stadium has nothing to do with anything except that it's just a, it just shows what a crazy world it's out there and you're right i couldn't agree with you more on the whole notion if there's money out there and there is as what, what do we say bourbon and horse money at, down yeah. in louisville uh that that presents a wild card and the thing that's going to happen if it does happen and i'm not saying it's going to it's just going to be poof and he'll be gone you know if something changes it'll all probably happen quickly and uh th- that part will is true but i'm i i logically it doesn't make a lot of sense Yes, Jeff Rahm has done a lot in his six-year tenure at Purdue and has gotten the fans back. And maybe, maybe if with a West Division championship, even if he doesn't represent the Big Ten in the uh, championship game, that is a that's the feather on his cap that says, yeah. I've done my job, I can move on. I get all that. But some other things have to happen. The factor that the fact that uh, Louisville has some empty seats to fill and, and feels like they could bring a favorite son home, that has worked some places. It didn't work too well in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, who knows? Uh, it's a definite maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know whether, any other way to say it. All right. Bowl yeah. games, uh, one other buy sell. You and I have evaluated that a little bit. It seems to me, and you may have other information since since uh, we've talked last, but it seems to me it comes down to three bowls for Purdue, uh, really, and maybe really two. Uh, the Outback Bowl, or what, what used to be the Outback Bowl, it's the Rely of it's a new bank down in, in, in Tampa. It's called the Tampa Bowl. Yeah, the Tampa Bowl. And then, of course, the, the Duke Mayo Bowl in Charlotte seems to me to make sense. To me, if Iowa takes care of business, and we're, and we're of course, we both think that may not happen. If Iowa takes care of business, one would think, mm-hmm. and Penn State moves its way up to the New Year's Day six. These are all factors that we don't know. If the Big Ten gets three teams in the New Year's Day six, and if we make that assumption – then it's Iowa, Illinois, and Purdue for those three bowls, one would think. Maybe Wisconsin on the back end, but again. So are you buying or selling? uh, I'm going to say Tampa versus Charlotte for right now. Uh, Which one are you buying for Purdue? Um, I guess I'm leaning toward toward Tampa, but again, um, the X factor you mentioned is Penn State. Yep. Penn State get a New Year's Day six bowl bid. That's that's the big key. And I was looking at uh, Brett McMurphy's bowl projections last night. Works for the Action Sports Network. Very dialed in college football insider. Good guy. And he he didn't have Penn State in New Year's six bowl. He had Tennessee playing Tulane in that Cotton Bowl, which is supposed to be the landing spot for Penn State. Instead, he's got Penn State obviously crowded down into Florida. Now he's he's got Penn State playing Ole Miss in Orlando. He's got Iowa playing Florida and Tampa. He actually had Purdue playing Louisville in the Pinstripe Bowl. <laughs> so again, uh, just everything's everything's on the table from the two Florida bowls to Charlotte and New York. I think for sure we can say it's going to be one of those four bowl destinations: yeah, Tampa, well, Orlando, see. Charlotte, or New York. And again, the X factor is going to be if if the Big Ten can get a third team into one of those upper echelon, you know, playoff slash New Year's Six Bowls. I think we all know Ohio State and Michigan. One will be in the playoff and one will be in a in a New Year's Six Bowl. Can a third Big Ten team get there? I think obviously if that happens, that enhances Purdue's chances 
to uh, to land in Florida. But even then, Alan, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I think I think if Iowa gets the title game, they're going to get one of those spots. No question. And would would Tampa be more intrigued with taking Illinois than Purdue? I think yeah. that's a possibility. That's just something for everybody to keep on their radar and not get your feelings hurt. If Illinois goes to Tampa and Purdue goes to Charlotte, I, I just think that may be a possibility too. Illinois is an awfully good story. And it's a big school. It's a ton of alumni. It's the flagship university of a huge state. I know they don't have great crowds all the time, but still, uh, it's it's got a lot to sell from a TVI standpoint, I think, too. So, again, um, New York, Charlotte, Tampa, Orlando, that's quite a contrast in destinations, but it's way too early to even try to make a good hearty guess as to where they could land. Yeah, it, it is. It is just guesswork. Jerry Palm, a friend of the show and Purdue graduate and, and does this also for a living, has agrees also he does not have Penn State in the New Year's Day 6. He has Purdue and Florida State at Duke's Mayo Bowl. That would be an interesting one. Florida State is coming on strong. That'd be a heck of a tough That'd be a great game. T- tough game for Purdue. I he had Iowa and South Carolina at the Relia Quest, which is the correct name for the Tampa Bowl. My apologies to Relia Quest. And of course Music City and Wisconsin and Kentucky. Remember too. Who do you that, have in Orlando? Who do you have in Orlando? He had uh, Penn State against Ole Miss. So where's yeah. he got Iowa? Where's he got Iowa in New he York? He has Iowa, South Carolina, and in Tampa. In Tampa, so, okay. And and Iowa certainly helped itself. I mean, South Carolina helped itself last week. Uh, went up the uh, went that up. Didn't the matter. That didn't matter. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of fan interest, I think. And again, you're right. The one, the one, it doesn't matter where you finish. It does matter whether they think you're going to bring some people. And, they could, Alan. Alan they, they could do these bowls in August. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, could. It's good. they could. They could. Yep, and it is going to be a uh, it is going to be an interesting thing to see. We will know that that we'll be guessing about that probably all throughout the uh, week it's leading fine. to the Big Ten. But we'll know on on Sunday, December fourth. There you go. Yeah, uh, on where Purdue is in, and who knows the pinstripe could be possible too. You got to remember too one other important thing, though it is true that you, theoretically you can't you know, Purdue's not going back to Nashville because those contracts don't allow for two consecutive visits. In, in a five-year or two visits in a five-year period though mm-hmm. different bowls have different things they have also jerry jerry palm has pittsburgh and illinois in the pinstripe bowl i'd want warm weather for you tom wherever it is i, I don't care don't worry about <laughs> I, do, I, I, I just i i'm always kind of I, I get excited when purdue plays kind of like a real name brand yeah and to play florida state would be really be cool? cool i think wouldn't that be cool to play florida state yeah. florida state eight and three right now and uh, oh, uh they got they got the gators this week with mike norvell they've done some good things um uh, and I that would be a like huge that. challenge uh from that standpoint all right we're going to put this bring this to a close we have answered and answered all and none of the questions all at the same time yes but uh we wish all of you a happy thanksgiving we're grateful to acrepro.com yeah. for sponsoring the uh, best to the Dean Hart family and uh, and all the folks uh, in Eurosphere, but we also want to wish our, our readers, watchers, and however, as Mr. Newbert says, however you process our information, we want you to uh, 
Uh, no, we're thankful for that. And all of you that have come over to goldenblack.com, you can do so for a dollar. You know, if you're looking for a Black Friday gift, even Tom Deanhart can form a, can hold it for, you know, handle a dollar, I think. Yeah, I can handle that. One dollar to join the goldenblack.com as part of the On3 network. We've had thousands move over already and we're grateful for that too. So when we list, when we're sitting at the Thanksgiving Day table, I'm going to be thankful. At least one part of that will be for our for our, our uh, readers and all the subscribers we've had over the years. So uh, we'll do that uh, as we, we carve that turkey on, on Thursday. All right. When it comes to land sales, remember acrepro.midwestfarmgroup. They're your local land, land farmland specialist, I should say. Visit acrepro.com. Call 765-587-3185. Kyle Spray and company do a great job there, and we appreciate their support as well. That number again, 765-587-3185. Three one eight five. Happy Thanksgiving, all, and uh, stay tuned. I think we might have a we'll have we'll have another one of these next week to buy or sell. We're, we'll be guessing about Purdue's bowl bowl landing spot and probably some more news of some kind to get. To, but we'll do a post season wrap with our Acre Pro as well. So have a great uh, rest of your week, all, and thanks again for watching and listening.